do you ever watch a video online and think, wow, how the hell did they do that? Well, you can now find out on the Subject and Focus podcast with me, Archie. Today, I'll be talking with cinematographer James Colleen about a video he filmed for sports nutrition retailer MyProtein as part of their Stronger Together campaign for mental health awareness. We'll dive into how he put his content together, what tricks of the trade he uses while making videos, and creating content that motivates and inspires viewers. As always, the link to the video will be in the episode description for you to check out. So pull up a chair, put on those headphones, and get comfortable. All right, and welcome back to the podcast, everyone. And right now, we are with DOP extraordinaire, James Colleen. Easy. How are you? Good, man. I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Uh, like I said to you before, just before we were just chatting beforehand, uh, you know, this is my first podcast, first time, time someone's reached out to me. So, you know, more than happy to be on. <laughs> um, James, like, like I was telling everyone, like, you know, your stuff is amazing, but it'd be great if you could just introduce yourself just pretty quickly and just give a sense of like who you are and what you do in your day to day. Yeah, so um, my name's James Colleen, and I am currently both directing and DOP in content for uh, the brand MyProtein. I work for a content uh, production studios called THG Studios and produce content for their health and wellness division, but predominantly doing campaigns for the brand MyProtein. That's, that's kind of it. Like um, I lead projects working with, really closely with creatives. Um, it's kind of like an in-house production team. Mm. And you've been there for a while now, what, since what, 2017, right? Yeah, so I wasn't always in the role that I'm, that I'm doing currently. Um, so I joined there, yeah, three, uh, three years ago, I think, coming, coming up. I think it might even be to this day, you know. I think I joined on the 18th. Yeah, I think this is three years today. I was going to say, like, I'm looking around to see if I've got, like, any, like, party poppers or anything like that you know, <laughs> congratulations yeah no it was it's three years today that's, that i think i started um at the company when i joined there was you know a bunch a small video team running around with you know a7s twos and you know just trying to capture what they could for the marketers at the time and you know now we're a huge uh, you know production unit uh, studios and you know we've got a huge uh, team and i think we've got like 23 uh, videographers and you know it's a, it's a big team now that that, that pull together to create these uh, premium campaigns for the brands you know we've, we've really pushed over the three years that i've been there and now we're you know really trying to knock on the door and compete with you know the best out there when you look back uh how did your interest in video start in the first place i mean do you have any sort of memories of like the first time you picked up a camera and started filming stuff just generally? I, I, yeah, I do. Um, funnily enough, it took me a very, very long time to realize that video was something that I wanted to do, despite the fact that I'd already picked up a camera numerous times, like, and I was kind of always obsessed with it. But I, the, the two things of obviously doing it as a career and doing it as a hobby, they, they never kind of clicked it never clicked till, till really a lot later in, in in life i was taking a gcse called expressive arts and because i obviously had the um the access to basically film things i decided to create a little film for expressive arts and actually got an a star in it like uh while, yes. while in gcse still still for some reason <laughs> never cl- never clicked that that was a thing that i should be going and doing 
I then went on to do uh, music. I was um, a lot of my friends were rapping, doing kind of kind of um, grime music at the time. It was when grime music was up and coming, and there was a little bit of a scene in Manchester. I was kind of rapping with my friends and doing kind of music things, and um, I I was the the studio engineer for a lot of those people. So, yeah, we started making music in there, um, and because my dad always had these gadgets, as I said, I started to charge people for studio time, I started filming them in the studio. So I was like, I can, you know, make an extra 10 pound an hour or make an extra 20 pound an hour, whatever it was, um, by filming them while they're in here. And then I started a YouTube channel called uh, Black Cloud TV at the time and um, started filming people. And then, you know, next thing people were asking, oh, you know, can, could you shoot my music video? We've just done the track, can you shoot the music video too? So then, yeah, I'm, yeah, cool, I'll, I'll shoot the music video. Because I was very creative and, and could come up with concepts, I'd shoot the music video and then the, the, the channel started to grow and like people were asking me constantly, you know, can I have a, you know, a feature on the channel? Can I come on the channel? And one of my friends, close friends, told me to, you know, apply to be an ambassador for the Mobile Awards. Um, so I, I thought nothing of it. I thought might as well. I've you know got some video content applied at the time. Um, and that was, I think, in my final year of university and applied for that. And yeah, I beca became an ambassador for the Mobile Worlds, had a few interviews with them, became an ambassador for them. What does that involve? So that was basically creating content for them. So uh, they would contact me every now and again and say, you know, we've got this event. Can you go and film the event? But I think the main, the main reason that they got me on board is because they were very aware of what was going on in the London scene, but they, they weren't so much aware of what was going on in the Manchester scene. So I think, you know, they brought me on board to be able to bring things to the table from the music scene in Manchester because they knew that, you know, I was a part of it. What's the first job that you do sort of post-university um, post during that period where it's like, oh shit, this is the job. This is now a career path for me. I think it was the recognition that, you know, someone as big as the Mobile Awards like what I was doing that made me go, hang on a second, maybe I could actually do this as, you know, I could make money out of this and, and, and do something with this rather than, you know, kind of doing it on the side and, and doing it with my friends and doing it with my people. Maybe this is something that I could, I could pursue for me. Kind of at the time, I was kind of seeking a, a day job in video. So I was applying every single day. I was on Indeed scrolling every single day. And yeah, it was kind of my goal. And fortunately, one of my friends was a professional boxer called uh, Sam Hyde. He was very aware of the music scene in, in, in Manchester and had seen my, my stuff and asked me to do this video for him. So I managed to do a piece of content for an athlete. Um, and that's kind of how it started in terms of the My Protein journey. Um, because I had a piece of content, although I didn't have a showreel, to put forward that made me relevant to that brand. So where I think where all the other video jobs that I was trying to apply for with a day job, they were just seeing videos with kind of what they probably perceived as hoodlums rapping and swearing and, and it probably wasn't the best you know content to be putting forward for a job in that field fortunately the the manager there at the time saw something in me like um, in terms of just having one conversation with me he basically still says that you know he could hear the passion in my voice of you know how hungry I was to kind of make this happen um I remember at the time there's, there's this book and I advise anyone starting out to go get it. It was, I think it was called Blaine Brown Cinematography. It was like the most basic book that just teaches you the fundamental rules of cinematography, like, you know, blocking, lighting. And when I got that opportunity, I just stopped going for dinner with people and I'd sit down and read that book every single day. I wanted it to be religious. I wanted to know it in, you know, in and out. I wanted to know everything I was doing. So I started out for six months on beauty brands, doing beauty tutorials, believe it or not.
but that, that was a great place for me to start because what it did is it put me in a studio. Um, I was very much before that just running gun shooting, kind of making these music videos. You know, I kind of understood the fun- fundamentals of lighting and I was doing it all, but with, you know, I had B&Q lights with like paper over them as diffusion. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that was... Yeah. That was kind of how I was doing it. And I think it, it got me into a studio environment where I was able to exercise the muscles and exercise the skills that I'd learned from this book that I'd just been reading religiously. And I think the first job, I, I, you know, I really impressed the company and especially with my mentality to push the team. I was already pushing for, you know, like, why are we filming on this kit? Like, we should be filming on stuff that's got more dynamic range. We should be like, I feel like I joined with more knowledge than a lot of the team that was there that had been doing it for years because of the, the research and the, that, I'd, that I'd done before going to this job. So basically you've been there for a while now and you've basically been able to sort of grow, with T- grow within THG and basically to evolve, especially with the micro team brand, especially since you moved from the beauty stuff. What would you say your style is in terms of shooting? What's your shooting style like? Is there such a thing as a James Killeen video where you go, oh, that's his video? Most definitely. I think the the people at my work would definitely tell you about uh, tell you about that. And if you looked at any BTS picture of me, it's probably in the same stance. Camera on a top handle, kind of holding it underneath and kind of running around and creating really dynamic movements. That's something that's that's very uh, persistent in, my, in, in, I guess, a lot of the video content that I do. There's a lot of dynamic movement, um, you know, cranking the shutter sometimes to increase energy in the videos. That is probably the style that people, you know, say is the James Colleen look, especially at my work, you know, when, when people, when other people do it, they're kind of like, oh, you're doing, you know, what, what James does. So I think, um, yeah, that would, that would probably be it. It works for, for music videos, the high energy videos, the um, sports content It's high energy. You want to keep people engaged. So there's a reason that, you know, sometimes crank the shutter and, you know, um, go handheld and create dynamic movements. I tend to, to choose a really wide lens, um, something under a 35, you know, so like a 24 or 35. I tend to use that quite a lot in a lot of the content and come really close with it. So a close wide shot is something that's, that you see in a lot of my, my work. Why would you make the choice of going for a wide angle lens? Why not do something like, you know, it's tighter, like say like a 50 or even an 85? So the, the first reason is obviously if I put a, an 85 on and I try and, and go handheld and it's going to look crazy, like it's going to be shaky as, um, you know, I can be, I can have much more control over the camera movement and the, the image isn't going to make you feel sick. There's something I really like about, you know, pushing in with a wide angle lens, the, the way in which the compression changes as you come closer to the subject. And yeah, I think it, it, you know, it allows a lot less shake in, in the content so I can be a lot more dynamic handheld. I do try and easy rig at times, but it, it, it does restrict a lot of the movements that I can do. You know, for example, if someone's going from, you know, a medicine ball that's, you know, over their head and then slamming it down to the ground, there's a lot of distance to cover. And I've got to go from having the camera way up over my head to right down on the floor to, to follow that movement. So a lot of the time it is just, you know, handheld, close and uh, close and wide, yeah. Following on from just the question in terms of like what your shooting style is, what would you say is your creative identity in terms of being a filmmaker? And why do you sort of stay with the, stay doing this job? Because obviously it's a great job in many ways, but it's also very sort of tough and it's a very strenuous job. What is it about it that makes you stay with it? I think to be honest, there's, 
there's one reason, one thing that drew me to that, that kind of content and doing kind of sports, sports kind of content. And to be honest, working in a brand like MyProtein, I've not necessarily been able to do exactly what it is that I, that I intend to do with this kind of content or, or, you know, what my goal is or dream is to do with this kind of content. And that's to kind of, to motivate the consumer. There's something that's, um, that's in sports or, or in athletes, a mentality, a mindset that I relate to really, really hard. Um, you know, the, the ability to push on, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. All these kind of quotes that you get from the big athletes in the world, I relate to them really, really hard. And I think, you know, if I can do some, some content that, that kind of motivates someone else to live by that mantra and have that, that ability to, to push on through things, then that's kind of what I want from this kind of content. I've been able to do it at times at my protein, but you know, there's so many things that you have to do when working for a brand and sticking to our marketing strategy and selling things. Um, sometimes, you know, those ideas in the creative do get cut down by the brand and, you know, my ability to make an aspirational film isn't always, uh, the creative that they want to go for, but that is kind of my goal in, in doing this sports content. And, you know, so far I haven't been able to, you know, tick the box of making the piece of content that I want to create. But, you know, that is a goal of mine to create that, you know, aspirational piece of content that really speaks to people and drills home that mindset and, you know, motivates someone to pick themselves back up when, they, you know, they don't want to get up. We're about to start talking about the uh, Stronger Together like campaign and the video that you, um, the video that you basically put together relatively recently. And it's interesting to hear you say that because from my perspective, I would have thought that this is exactly the kind of content where it does tick all those boxes. And it is like aspirational in terms of like supporting people and supporting viewers who are also going through like uh, the issues that you talk about in the video. Just for people who are listening right now, the link for this will be in my bio. James, if you could just give a quick overview of the Stronger Together campaign and most specifically what this uh, video is about with Emma. Yeah, so we um, captured a campaign called Stronger Together for My Protein, and it was um, a campaign specifically for the Mental Health Awareness Week um, or, or month. Um, and or the name of the campaign was Stronger Together. It was to bring awareness to those that suffer with uh, mental health and and to show that it's not a weakness. Um, I think the brand were you know really. Um, you know, the brief was, was to, to make sure that, you know, mental health wasn't seen as a weakness and it's something that, you know, we should talk, talk about, we should normalize and uh, bring to the attention of our consumer. Um, you know, I, th I think as a sports fitness brand, uh, we have a job to do to r raise awareness to these kind of issues. And that was kind of the idea behind this campaign. So for anyone who's listening, the basic conceit of this is that you have an athlete, in this case, Emily Dyer is a CrossFit athlete, and you've got 15 second segment of her basically lifting weights, except you can't see the weight that she's lifting. And the idea, idea just going from the quotes, it's the idea of just basically acknowledging the fact that everyone has got issues, everyone is dealing with their own personal struggles, but you know, you can't see it because you know, it's a mental health struggle, but you know, and it deals with the idea, it also acknowledges the fact that like sort of one in four people experience the mental health problem. And that basically ties into the hashtag of stronger to get stronger together, which I think is very, very well done. And it's all, it's very well put together. And it just be good to sort of find out like how it all came about. Like, where did the original brief for this come from? 
Yeah, so the way in which it works uh, over at THG Studios is there is in-house creatives um, and the the brief would come in from, you know, the brand side, my protein, and they briefed in for us to, you know, simply do a, do a campaign for mental health. That then came into the creative team. But at the time, the creative team were over capacity with resource. And fortunately, we was, we was able to bring in an external creative on this one called James Swan. Now, uh, James Swan actually concepted this idea um, of of some struggles are hard to see. He did it as kind of like a, a billboard at first. It was an image of, you know, a weightlifter pushing the, the bar on the, off his chest. There was zero weight showing and just that, you know, the, the line, some struggles are hard to see. Uh, one in four people suffer with mental health problems, um, don't suffer in silence. And then we had to obviously uh, bring that to life in, a, in, in video. And that was the challenge that I was given um, technically to kind of achieve this because they knew, you know, that they could kind of just, you know, put it on a tripod for the photography, capture him, lift him with, capture the background and, and, and uh, comp it out. But it was going to be a much more difficult job from a video standpoint. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when, that's, that's when I had to get my thinking hat on and figure out exactly how to do this. Just give us a sense of how, what that process was like in terms of figuring out how you're going to do this. Yeah, so fortunately, with the company growing, they just just hired a, a VFX supervisor internally. So I was able to kind of work alongside him. Um, his name's Adam Johnson. And I was able to work alongside him in um, doing kind of like a 3D mock-up before we actually brought it to, to life. So he kind of mocked this up in, in uh, I think, Cinema 4D or something. And, and we was able to look around and kind of select focal lengths, look at the actual, um, the person doing the weight, see what the blocking was going to be. Um, you know, we always knew that we wanted it to kind of start on the eyes, you know, from me and James speaking about this, start on the eyes and come out to a point in which, you know, it revealed the weights. I think the original idea was that, the reveal was at the end. It was kind of meant to start kind of Clint Eastwood on the eyes um, and kind of zoom over time and, and come out to, um, you know, a wide shot where it revealed at the end. But the, uh, the brand had spoken to Facebook about, you know, social best practice and, and they'd advise that it would be better to reveal within the first three seconds of the video. Why was that? Why, why that time frame of three seconds? I think it was the like the attention span of viewers or something. Um, you know that you know whilst people are scrolling, you want to get the attention and get the message across quickly. From a social perspective, that was definitely a requirement and a box that we had to tick. That was kind of through in last minute, and I had to kind of change things around it to get that right on the day. But yeah, so we actually, me and Adam, obviously comped this up, and then I figured out that you know I wanted it to feel really personable, so I really wanted to shoot it on a thirty-five millimeter. Um, so it felt kind of similar to like the way in which you, you know, view through your eyes. Um, and I wanted it to start really close on the face and, and, you know, come out to reveal the, the full wide shot. Um, and, you know, by shooting it on that lens, it meant that we were able to, you know, one, shoot both a 16.9 and a 9 by 16 at the same time. Like we had a nice wide at the end that would work for both, both uh, social crops. So... Yeah, we, f we figured out that all of that out in, in pre-production uh, with a mock-up. And then I had to go speak to G6 Mocco, uh, Rami at G6 Mocco, and, and start speaking about, you know, how to bring this to life with, with motion control. Because I didn't want to do it on a zoom lens because I felt that the compression, the compression over time, one, would have been a logistical nightmare for VFX. Um, 
we would have had to put it on a uh, like a some some kind of motorized um you know zoom lens and the compression would have been it would have been really difficult um and second of all it wouldn't have felt as personable it wouldn't have felt like you were really there and moving back with it it would have felt you know like a like a super zoom so yeah i really wanted to make sure that that we you know had that in in the motion control by using the motion control robot, it meant that we could have the exact same pass twice. Sorry to interrupt, but if you could just sort of, uh, obviously for anyone who's listening, just sort of explain in terms of what the actual motion control arm does and how it benefits in the situation. Yeah, so we contacted Rami from G6 Moco, which is uh, a motion control company based in Manchester. And they have a, um, a motion control robot arm and I knew that by using the motion control robot arm, we would be able to do numerous passes of the same shot. Now, the motion control arm allows you to, you know, mount the camera to it. Um, you kind of keyframe your points of, you know, your start point, your end point, and any points in between. And uh, through the computer programming, the motion control robot will take the camera to wherever it is that you want the camera to be. Now, for for this particular campaign, I wanted a really simple pullback. So it felt, you know, it felt initially excessive to use a motion control robot, but I definitely wanted the the shot to be exactly the same both times. So by using the motion control robot, you can, you know, type in those keyframes and then the motion control robot will take it through that keyframe, take it through that 10 seconds of movement or 15 seconds of movement. And you can just click start again and it will take the camera right back to the beginning and go through that exact same motion again. So you can capture the exact same video movement over and over again. So basically for something like this where you've got Emily basically doing a deadlift. So apart from the up and down movement, she's not moving in any other sort of direction. She's basically static apart from the up and down movement. Having that motion control arm then means that you basically get that same controlled shot, which makes life easier in the edit, I assume. Yeah, I think, you know, because of the the deadlift position, you start with your head very low down. Um, the motion control arm had to start really low down and then end quite high up to capture the full body. Um, so we was able to obviously do that with that, whereas, you know, on a, on a dolly and track, we would have had to tilt and, you know, we wouldn't have been able to, do the, the exact same pass again yeah so we we basically filmed uh three passes we filmed a pass of emily physically lifting the deadlift through those keyframes um we then filmed her lifting without we had a metronome so there was a metronome beeping so every time it beeped she had to lift the deadlift so you know it was very uh, structured in terms of every single deadlift and it was beeping every time she needed to lift so there was one with the weight one without, and that was just simply for, you know, any backgrounds that were taken out. If there was any like things with the hands that needed, needed painting back in, we had that take where we had hands to, to basically help the VFX. And then we had a blank slate of the, of the background. Um, yeah. And those three passes were, you know, come together to create the final result. And what other kit was involved in this in terms of cameras, in terms of lighting? I, I went for the Arri Mini LF and then uh, the lenses were Zeiss Supreme lenses, which was my first time using them and they were so nice, like really sharp and clean and give a really nice look. And usually I use quite quite a bit of filtration when I'm, when I'm shooting, but for this campaign, because I wanted it to feel real, I just chose to shoot without. Yeah, so we had the Mini LF, uh, the Zeiss Supreme lenses. And then from a lighting perspective, it was a really simple lighting setup. We had a goalpost set up with a truss and I think it was a D25 overhead. 
with a, I think a softbox and a grid on, if my memory's right. And then, and then just to fill in the shadows, we had that almost like similar to a gem ball, but it was kind of, it's called a Fomex flex light. And it's kind of like one of these, you know, really accessible led panels, but it has a modifier. So you can get this really nice light ball, um, like a, a really soft dome. And we just slapped that modifier on there and it, it really softened around the shadows for, for example, that, you know, the, the bit where she was, a lot lower down and she was in the shadow. We had that, that light to bring in. Um, and then just a little bit of bounce underneath to, to bounce it back up. We were shooting um, photography at the same time. I was working closely with a photographer called Ryan Eady. He's like a really, really uh, good sports photographer. Everyone should go check him out because he's like, he's got insane work. And as we, we were working together on that light and setup ahead of time because basically he needed enough light to crank his shutter up to capture the motion of you know someone's arms so he needed enough light to really crank his shutter to like over a thousand or so, and um ind down and he had enough light for his photography so yeah that, that was kind of the setup how long was the shoot i think it was meant to be just eight hours but we actually had an issue with the generator on the day and we had to do the shoot in a, an insane amount of time um the uh, I kind of don't want to say because I'll be throwing the producer under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really want to say, say out loud, but uh, essentially we had to do it in a lot less time than we had anticipated to do it. And that was stills and video. I think we captured all of Emily's content within like three hours. And that was like that we had to keyframe the motion, make sure that all of the motion control was right. We did a pass of both a 16-9 and we turned the camera on its head to do a 9 by 16 to come out. And yeah, it was kind of insane. And it put, you know, Emily under a lot of pressure to get it right. <laughs> this is why, I mean, this is one of the reasons actually why I ask, because obviously for something that seems very, very straightforward, there's obviously a lot of sort of like technical aspects that go into it to get that look. But what I think really works about this is that Emily is always the focus. And even from the initial creative decision that you mentioned of focusing on her face, she's always the focus throughout this entire thing. And it's curious just in terms of like, A, just quite frankly, how much you're getting her to lift because that's a heavy weight. I mean, even just looking at it from behind the scenes, like it's not light. She actually had a hernia pop out while we were filming that. Serious? <laughs> For real. Jesus. Like, and she just popped it back in and, and carried on like a trooper. So... honestly emily i've worked with emily quite a few times and she is uh, an insane talent an insane athlete her mentality that it's it's she actually inspires me to get back in the gym like whenever i film with her she's like the person that makes me go back into the gym for you know two weeks and be like man i've been being lazy like you just spend an hour with her and and and, you know you're motivated to go and do things um yeah she's a real insane talent and choosing emily as a talent was really important we'd use it for a previous campaign and um, the forever fit campaign which we'd done earlier in the in the year uh, or the back end of the year before and it was really important for us to pick someone that that actually had these mental health issues this wasn't just an athlete that we you know we'd chosen for the sake of having someone uh, like a model for the day to to look look the part this is someone that actually believed in what we were doing and and actually had those mental health issues and you know wanted to be a part of this campaign and wanted to raise awareness there was actually like a social campaign that was put out you know that really told her story that's on uh, my proteins youtube channel that which was shot by a guy called james cray and um he he went and you know told the story following that campaign so you can go and check that out yeah and for anyone listening that campaign that um james has just referenced is called locker room and if you do a google search for that 
sorry, a YouTube search for that. You find that. And that was actually the other thing I was going to mention, really. She, you know, I've listened to, I've listened to some of that interview. You know, she has lived this. She understands this. Uh, so from your perspective, I mean, for as cool as all the sort of tech side is, like the sort of like guiding line for me is the narrative. What story am I trying to tell? So when you've got someone like Emily, how does that inspire you as a creative, making sure that you tell her story right, even if it is just 15 seconds? Yeah, it's really difficult. And it's, it's, it's really difficult wearing both hats on set, you know, but being both the director and, you know, making sure the talent is okay, making sure that Emily feels, you know, comfortable and, and delivers the, the results that we want to really make this campaign, you know, have legs and at the same time be working with, you know, the motion control guys to make sure that the technical aspects are all on point and the lighting's, the lighting's on point. You know, wearing so many hats on set is a real challenge, but you're, you're doing take after take to get that one that really, you know, gives you the tingle or makes you, you know, makes you feel something and, you know, hits home for that consumer and really, you know, raises that awareness that we're trying to do. It was really important that we got that across on the day. And that was the, you know, the thing that we concentrated on the most But on top of that. I don't know if that's answered your question, really. <laughs> Well, it kind of has. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of has. No, I mean, I don't know. I keep coming back to this. I just, but it's just interesting. This obviously, Mental Health Week was October, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And especially what 2020's been with COVID and sort of like the massive increases in depression. Like being behind this and having someone be the focal point of that. You know, does you know yeah. what is that like for you? Just from a leaving sort of leaving aside the DOP side of things, what's that like for you just from a purely creative standpoint, being involved in something like that? Yeah, it's, it's you know, I'm really fortunate to work work with such, you know, high level athletes and, and get to pick their brain and, and find out a little bit more about, you know, what drives and what motivates them and, and, and dig into the mental side of, of what it takes to be an athlete. And I think that just before this campaign, I'd, I'd been shooting um, a documentary for Joshua Boazzi on the lead up to his like fight. And during that time, I don't know why it was, I think I'm a, I'm a complete control freak when it comes to a lot of uh, content. And it'd been a long time since I'd been in sort of a, a running gun environment that I wasn't in control of. Um, and I was at the time going into that, I don't know what, I think it was cause I'd, I'd not shot for a while during COVID. I was personally going through some issues myself in terms of, you know, I was, I was getting real imposter syndrome. Like I was kind of thinking, you know, are you as good as you think you are? Like, can you actually deliver these kind of results? Like I was really questioning, questioning my own ability. Um, and I literally came off the back of, you know, shoot, like I was staying in hotel rooms in London. And I was struggling to sleep. I was having severe anxiety, came off it and, uh, onto a shoot with someone like Emily who had been dealing with all of that stuff. And, you know, we were able to have a conversation on set and she was able to like reassure me about, you know, how I was feeling. She, I was able to speak to her about my own issues because I knew that I was working with someone that, that, that had dealt with those kind of things. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that, that helped me in mental health problems by being on this mental health shoot, funnily enough. I did a little bit of filming. I've done a little bit of filming relatively recently, in the last week or so, and I hadn't really filmed some of my many of my own stuff until, till about like say July or earlier this year, and in between that, I did like a tell. Uh, I did another television gig, and where 
I got thrown into the deep end and it was a very intense shoot and you're sort of like a hired hand and it's not necessarily the kid, your own kid and it's not your own brief and you don't necessarily have that kind of creative control. And I think that threw me for a bit. Yeah, I think there was, you know, when I was filming uh, Josh in, in London, it was really, it, it was really difficult, like, um, to, you know, we, we were filming on the Ari Mini at the time to start the documentary. And um, the, the kit was too intrusive. And I, I noticed very early on that the kit was too intrusive and drawing too much attention. And it wasn't something that was that was doing any good for the content, if that makes any sense. So I knew quickly that we had to change up the kit. Like, you know, capturing a boxer in the in the lead up to his fight, he does whatever he's doing in his training session. And, you know, having all of these um, these ideas and, you know, a real clear plan of what you want for a documentary and then that being completely spiraling out of control and you're not being able to have any control over what you catch. You just kind of a fly on the wall. And, you know, if nothing's happening, nothing's happening um, after, you know, being out of the game for, you know, quite a few months and then coming into that shoot, it, you know, my, my anxiety was going through the roof. I remember I was struggling to even like hold the camera steady because it was shaking from my heartbeat. <laughs> like I was just like, Jesus, like what's going, what's going on. And, you know, fortunately, like, you know, I'm past that and, um, you know, got through it, but the, um, yeah, campaigns like this and, and, you know, coming together as a team on something like this to work on raising this awareness actually, you know, helped me in, with my own problems. Just going all the way back to what we were talking before, you were hoping that like with THG, you could basically work on stuff that would have like an effect on the wider populace. Do you now think maybe this might be the campaign that might be doing that? Yeah, I think I think in terms of um, raising awareness and doing something positive and and hitting a consumer, it definitely was, and it was really um, it was really great to see the feedback on this campaign. It was you know it was received quite well, um, and you know people were really uh, sh you know sharing it and people were raising awareness of about the matter. So yeah, it was really humbling and it was really great to see that you know uh, a video that you know I'd been involved in creating with the rest of the team was doing something positive for the, you know, for the people watching it. As a filmmaker, you've kind of got something in your head that you want to create in, in, in life to, to kind of tick off your goals. And this has definitely ticked off one of them. There's just, I've got big dreams and there's a lot, a lot more that I think I can do to even more of this. How would you say this is, this shoot and this video is reflective of you as a filmmaker? Ooh, such a tough question, that one. That's why I asked um, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's going back to what I said earlier. Um, you know, that it's the reason I got into this. That's that's the main um, thing I can say to to answer your question and, and re reflecting on me as a filmmaker. Like the reason I got into this kind of content was to do this, was to you know touch people, was to make a difference, and hopefully that speaks for itself. You know, like these types of campaigns and the the mindset the the approach to to sports and how the discipline of sports can actually have a positive effect on your your own mental health is why i actually got you know got into this the the way it it can make you believe to to do things that you that the general public don't think that you can do i think that mentality and and getting that across is is what's important to me and you know being able to do that on this film hopefully hopefully that speaks for itself in answering the question
as a creative, when you look back at this, is there anything that you would change? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm terrible. Like, I've, I, don't th- you know, I don't think I've ever been 100% happy with a single piece of work that I've ever done. Um, there was a lot, lots of things. You know, the time constraints on this project were really, really tight. Like, I think that if we were in a studio environment for this one, then we could have done, you know, we would have had a lot more control over lighting. Uh, we did this in Leeds in, a, in an actual real CrossFit gym. And there were some difficulties with flagging the lights for, you know, from the, the skylights overhead that were causing me some, some problems with the light and, and changes in the light, which obviously weren't, weren't something that we could have. We couldn't have a change from one shot to the next. It had to be exactly the same. So the, the one would have been, you know, picking a more controlled environment so it didn't stress me out as much on the day. Second of all, um, I think I would have loved to have actually got the original idea without the three second reveal. You know, the really start starting close on the eyes and coming out and coming out and, and having a little bit of a more long form piece of content. But the great thing about this campaign was that, you know, I was able to work with, you know, Ryan, the photographer again, which I love working with. I was able to meet, work with Emily again and was able to make a difference and make an impact online. So I think, you know, there's no complaints from me on this one. Ask me about some some different projects and, you know, we, we can dig in. <laughs> we'd be here all night mate (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and just finally like in a few words why should people check out this video yeah i think people should check out this video to share with anyone um i think a lot of people that suffer from mental health problems struggle to speak this is one of the you know the main the main points of the campaign is you know don't suffer in silence like a lot of people struggle to to speak about it and i think sometimes especially by sharing something like this piece of content it starts the conversation you know the amount of people that reached out to me and you know it started the conversation and we started to discuss our own mental health problems and how we battle those and how we um you know deal with them on a day-to-day yeah that's it i think if you you know if you can check this piece of content out and if you do struggle to you know speak about your own mental health issues just by sharing something like this or sharing something else that you know that is like this it it starts the conversation and and raises awareness and stops people from you know feeling like speaking about these kind of things is a weakness it's not so yeah um thank you so much for that uh james just gonna go through a few quick choir a quick choir questions right now because i'm probably apparently i'm having a stroke i can't say quick choir questions um (laughs) but yeah this is basically just standard stuff I go through with all my interviewees. And my first question would be, if you were talking to someone, starting off with an interest in videography, or even someone who literally was just picking up a camera for the first time, what advice would you give them? Research. It was the one for me anyway. Um, studying the craft of, of, you know, everyone's got to put in there, what, what is it, something like 10,000 hours they say or something like, like make sure you put in your time and make sure you put put in the time to study like and film and and test study the craft and then go and try it and and learn what works for you and what doesn't i think that was that's the one one thing for me that find what what's your thing find what you enjoy this is a a creative art like it should be an express expression of emotion do you know what i mean so um that would be the one thing that that i'd say for aspiring filmmakers is like you know it's all good picking up a camera and, you know, shooting as much as possible. And that will, you know, that will progress your ability and your skill set. But, um, 
you know, researching as much as possible, looking at, you know, behind the scenes, trying to, you know, ask questions, you know, the amount of people that I've had, you know, come on set that don't ask the questions, you know, be that guy that, that really, you know, does everyone's head in and, and asks all the questions because it's going to give you the answers that you need. Unlimited budget, unlimited resources. What would your all time dream kit setup be? No gimbals. I don't like gimbals. <laughs> Ooh, a very, very quick note. Like, yeah, we didn't mention gimbals at all. And like, you not a fan at all? No. The reason being is that uh, it's not that I don't like a gimbal shot. I just much prefer a steady, a steady cam shot. Like I love that. I prefer the motion of a steady cam shot. The second thing is they are a pain. They are a pain to set up. Like if you've got limited time on set, which you know, more time I do, like switching over your camera setup to a gimbal and then, yeah, I've got no time for that. But yeah, um, so yeah, you want to dream, your dream kit setup? Uh, dream setup, Ari Mini LF was a camera. Like I love that large format. I've shot on it twice now. I just love the the large format. I love this, you know, this, it, you can get out of a lot of situations by having a, the larger sensor um, in terms of speed being in limited space you know in smaller spaces and i just love the look that it gives there's just there's just something about it handheld setup you know top handle side handles probably a bit of black pro mist i mean yeah that's kind of it like I, you give me a camera like that that's that's really sturdy for me to hold and, and it's rigged down in a light setup there's some lenses called uh, the cook pancro lenses and I've used them quite a few times because they're so lightweight and small and they give this vintage look that they allow me a lot more freedom in the kind of shooting that I do. When I've shot previously with the Cook S4s, they're really heavy and weighted. They give a great look, but um, I'm able to get you know less fatigue in, the, in shooting through shooting with the Cook Pancro. So they'd probably be on the list too. Dream project to work on? Dream project would probably be a night commercial or... A music video for J. Cole. There you go. A music video for J. Cole or a a Nike commercial. Yeah. I'm laughing because I spoke to someone recently and they're like, my dream project would be to do like a behind the scenes with J. Cole. So I think we'd be friends. Yeah. Like doing a music video for someone like that whose music I love. When you love something and you've got and you're passionate about something, it brings something out of you, doesn't it? Um so same same with, you know, Nike that you know, that that kind of sports mentality that that we talk about, you know. Another one would be a documentary, you know, you've seen the Michael Jordan documentary. That that is it. That is it in a nutshell, like, you know, why I do this. That that Michael Jordan mentality. You know, I'm not even a huge basketball fan, but I can watch that and that inspires me and to, to go and do me and dream big. What advice would you have given to yourself when you were starting out? Don't quit college so early and don't, <laughs> 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 don't go in a huff. Now, um, I think follow your heart and follow your dreams, but don't, don't burn the candle at both ends and impact your own mental health. That is the advice I'd give to myself because it's so good to have a dream and so good to, you know, have your, your goals set and, um, you know, concentrate on working towards something. But, you know, when you're burning the candle at both ends and you're not, you're not respecting your own health, it will cause hurdles rather than push you forward. So that'd be the advice I'd give to myself. One more question. This question comes from the previous interviewee. If you could only watch three TV shows or films for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? Wow. <laughs> okay, Breaking Bad. 
Breaking Bad was like a big for me. The way in which they like get cameras in certain places and uh, yeah, um, Breaking Bad would be number would be number one. Um, I could watch that over and over. Um, this is tough. This is tough, man. This will be a weird one, but uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. That'd be that'd be one. Not necessarily because it's the the film, but it, it kind of it's the style of film that reminds me of the kind of style of film that I like, which is kind of similar to you know Goodfellas, um, that kind that kind of film that tells the the you know the story of someone's life over a, you know a period of time. Yeah, and then I think number three would be City of God. The reason being is it reminds me that writing and story is king you know you you need the good writing and you need the good story you need that good concept before you even pick the camera up before you even start thinking about frames and lighting like um it's so easy as uh, you know as a filmmaker starting out to to get obsessive about you know the lighting or the you know doing things the way that looks nice but you've always got to remember that the story is the king and that you know You've got to do these things for a reason, and it's it's got to be for the story. Nice, good answers. Very good answers, man. Yeah, you sound a bit drained. <laughs> I feel like it took it out of you. You said some questions. Do, do, do you know how many films I just watched, like in fast forward in my head? Like I literally just like I did one of those. You know that JD from Scrubs where he just looks into the. To, to the <laughs> And like, uh, there was just so many Tarantino films and Scorsese films and they were all just like playing on fast forward. And I was like, which one do I pick? Like, it was, yeah, there was a roulette of films happening in the sky. Thank you so much. I mean, it's a really, really cool talk. I think it's a very, very, very good piece of content. And I think as someone who's worked on mental health campaigns before in the past, I'm not necessarily sure that you realize quite how good it is. So thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us about this. Yeah. that's. Uh, sorry if I didn't give you the answers you were looking for. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no you <laughs> absolutely did. There's no need to apologize. And like I said, it's a very good piece of work. And it's just very good to hear from you and hear about your experiences. Have you got any projects coming up that you want anyone to sort of keep an eye out for? There's some cool content that I'm doing with the the clothing brand um, for my protein, the MP.com. So they have, you know, different clothing ranges and each one we're, we're kind of telling a story of different athletes. So all of the, the clothing range are technical clothing specifically for different sports. And each one where, you know, selecting athletes to tell their story, obviously whilst showing them in the clothing, but it's, it's more so around the, the you know the athlete and their story so yeah that's that that's the one to look out for i think uh, i've got a music video uh, a couple music videos coming out one with a girl uh, a manchester talent called prima um who's got a album coming out next year i think and i just did a music video for one of my old friends that i've been doing music videos for a long time but it's a little different He's called RJ and it's called gym talk the video i made a decision to change the scene every like four or eight bars of the song so there's like hopefully is so engaging throughout the video because you know there's a complete scene change every every four to eight bars so yeah look out for that one as well where can we find you i mean in terms of socials ig vimeo facebook yada 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 my instagram handle is james killeen dop um so that's james k-i-l-l-e-n-d-o-p um 
and yeah the, the you can you know find my website there in the bio um which is www.jamescolleen.co.uk and you know you can find a collection of my work there i do need to work on a showreel that's something i need to do this year like i've got loads of content i've never once made a showreel in my life that's crazy really yeah nope not once never had one i need to get my content in there <laughs> i don't even think i oh, I, I actually have all of my content <laughs> <laughs> I don't even own it. It's on a, on a server somewhere. Ah, there you go. <laughs> James, thank you very much for, uh, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, it was great speaking to you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with other people. Post about it on your socials. Tell your friends and family about it. Hell, even that neighbor you walk past and occasionally say hi to. Or you could just leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at ArchieOnobu. That's Archie, O-N-O-B-U. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.